morning. It's good to be here with you. It's nice and cool in here. Got a good air conditioner, right? What was the temperature here yesterday? Anybody? Yeah, like it matters, right? It's Oh, it's 108. No, it was only 106 in Waco, so no. Uh, it, it's good to be here. Uh, I'm uh, your district superintendent in the United Methodist Church. Uh, we have conferences that are uh, spread out all around the country, and we're in the Central Texas Conference, which uh, goes from Fort Worth to Round Rock, and uh, there's five districts within our conference, and we are in the South District, and there are 49 churches in uh, this district. The, the church, Your church is a part of that district, so my, my job is to help support uh, all of those churches and the pastors of those churches, so every week I have something to do, trust me, uh, but uh, I love what I do, and I especially love coming and being a part of, uh, of what you're doing here um, here in this church. And in fact, I preached here before, before this was even Rock Bridge. It used to be the Rock and was a part of uh, what we call the Rio Texas Conference now, and that's what this building was at that time. And then it became uh, Rock Bridge uh, when Wade uh, came here in the group here, and then now David. What a wonderful pastor you have, huh? Uh, just a great fit here. You can just just see it all over. So, so it's neat to see what's happening. Um, we're going to read the scripture here and then have a prayer. Uh, but our scripture reading uh, is from Matthew uh, chapter 14, uh, verse 13 to 21. And I'll read it from off the screen because uh, I left my Bible at home. So... When Jesus heard about John, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. When the crowds learned this, they followed him on foot from the cities. When Jesus arrived and saw a large crowd, he had compassion for them and healed those who were sick. And that evening, his disciples came and said to him, This is an isolated place, and it's getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, there's no need to send them away. You give them something to eat. And they replied, we have nothing here except five loaves of bread and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. He ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves of bread and the two fish, looked up to heaven, blessed them, and broke the loaves apart and gave them to his disciples. Then the disciples gave them to the crowds. Everyone ate until they were full, and they filled 12 baskets with the leftovers. About 5,000 men plus women and children had eaten. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, help us all to hear a word of hope and grace and love and what you say uh, to us and through us today. May it make a real difference in our lives. For we know that it's one thing to believe something, but it's quite another to actually live the life you've called us to live. And that is to love you and to love all people. And help us to do that uh, and to show your grace uh, from this worship. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, You know the Southwest Airlines commercials, you remember, Want to Get Away? Remember those? I don't know if they still run those or not, but they, they'd have some awkward situation and 
clearly the person in the situation wanted to get away as soon as possible, and it was want to get away. Uh, one of those was uh, a mail carrier who uh, was delivering a package to a home, and uh, he dropped off the package on the front porch and then was walking back to his truck through the driveway, and the couple that owned the house was sitting out in the front yard, and there was a basketball on the uh, driveway, so he decided, well, why not? So he picked up the ball and shot it towards the hoop, missed the uh, basketball goal completely, and knocked out a window at the second floor of the house. And then they had the, te- you know, the line, want to get away, and you see the mailman's face. Uh, I've uh, had some of those experiences myself. I don't know about you. You ever just want to get away? I, I was uh, at a restroom a few months ago on the road, and washed my hands and went over to the paper towel dispenser and uh, you know you know the paper towel dispensers you got to wave your hand underneath and you know that sometimes they just don't work well right you kind of so so I, I went like this and nothing happened so I went like this you know then I went you know all these I'm doing all this uh, then guy comes up behind me and goes <laughs> yeah I want to get away um I've had those situations in churches before, too. I've served as a pastor for 18 years, and one of the first churches I served was Tawakana United Methodist Church. Anybody ever know where Tawakana is? Uh, it's near Mahaya. You know where Mahaya is? A few? Okay. Yeah, you've heard it. Uh, there's about, I don't know, 400 people in the town, and so uh, I grew up in the Metroplex, and wife and I moved out there in that area, Dawson, Tawakana, and my first Sunday uh, showed up, uh, and uh, we were having communion that day, and uh, the elements were on the table just like this. Uh, somebody had already prepared them. The cloth was over uh, the bread, and I was like, man, that's great. I didn't have to get up here and do that. that. Somebody took care of that. And Well, I preached, and we're going through the service, and then the time came for communion, and I went over to the uh, elements, and I lifted off the cloth, and Underneath was two hot dog buns. <laughs> so I, I just stood there, and, and, and they thought I was praying. You know, I was just stood there, and, and I think they thought I was praying. I was really thinking, now, is this a traditional thing? Or, and then when you break the bread, do you do, do long ways with the hot dog buns? Or the... So I just, I just stood there, and then, and finally I decided to break them, you know, long ways. I just felt that was better. So I looked up uh, to heaven and took the bread and said, this is the body of Oscar Mayer broken for you. <laughs> yeah, I want to get away. Uh, it was a two-point charge, actually. I, I had Dawson and Tawakana. I went to Tawakana for the 930 service and then had to be at Dawson at 11, and it was 25 minutes between the two churches. So do the math, right? Uh, so I was driving back one day from Tawakana to Dawson on this backcountry road, and I hit a buzzard. Have anybody ever hit a buzzard on, the, on your windshield? Uh, if you haven't, don't. Uh, shattered the windshield, uh, you know, some of the blood from the buzzards on the, you know. So I just kept driving. I had to get to the other, so I'm, you know, driving, like having to look under the I kind of have a little headache. I swear I got a concussion or something from this. It was unbelievable. I mean, it shattered the windshield. I drive up to the church in Dawson. We never had guests, ever. I mean, it's a small town. Nobody ever 
uh, was just new to town. So I park my car, I get out of the car, and at the same time, here comes a family that pulls up next to the car. And I get out, I've got glass from the windshield. There's this buzzard hair on my windshield, it's shattered. Uh, then I introduce myself, you know, yeah, I want to get away. Yeah. Uh, they're thinking, what, who is this clown, you know, what is this? Uh, but I'm, I'm happy to report they, they were active church members for years in that uh, Dawson uh, First Baptist Church. They were, <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd ask for a rim shot if you were still up here, but anyway. Uh, yeah, you, you want to get away. Uh, sometimes we just want to get away because uh, maybe, maybe we're just hurting. Maybe it's something going on in your family. Uh, maybe you've just lost a loved one and you just, just want to be alone. Uh, Jesus had just received the news that his cousin and friend, John the Baptist, uh, was dead. But not just dead, he was beheaded. Can you imagine receiving that kind of news that one of your family members and friend had been beheaded? I mean, gosh, can you, that's just unbelievable. Yeah, he said, yes, I don't mind, I hope not. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Jesus is, uh, he's like, I just want to get away. So he uh, gets in a boat and crosses over the Sea of Galilee, which was not a sea, it's just a large lake, but we, it's commonly referred to as the Sea of Galilee, it's just a large lake. And he's in the boat crossing the lake, and thousands of people, I can just see them now, are making their way around the other side of the lake to meet him when he arrives. Uh, did you see the, the text when we read it? It said, how many were fed? Plus women and children. So, what do you think, 10, 15,000 maybe? Who knows? I mean, that's a lot of people. Yeah. 10, 15,000? Think about that. And he's in the boat going across the lake. And he's like, I just wanted a few minutes alone. You know, that's all I asked for. And he arrives, and there they are. They're all waiting. And uh, I, I know what I would have done. I mean, I'm a good pastor and I've done this a long time. I, I would have just got back in the boat and gone the other way. <laughs> uh, but not Jesus. As much as he wanted to be alone, he got out of the boat, and the story says that he had compassion for the people. He began to heal. Uh, he stayed. I have a friend whose uh, husband's a pastor, and she said years ago their family went on a vacation, and they were so looking forward to just getting away. And You know, it's hard being a pastor in a pastor's family. There's so many needs throughout a year, and, and you literally have to physically uh, get away. And they rented a cabin at the state park, and they arrived at the entrance of the state park and drove up to the cabin that they had rented. Much to their surprise, not one, not two, not three, but four families from their church were waiting there. They got out of the car, and they said, Surprise! We knew you were coming and thought it'd be fun, so we're all going to vacation together. Yeah. You know, we do love you, but not that much. <laughs> so if he tries to go on vacation, leave him alone, okay? 
She's like, I just want it a week. You just all I ask. Well, there's Jesus, and he, he's healing people, teaching. This is going on all day. And finally, the disciples go, uh, go up to Jesus, and they say what really any, any reasonable person would say, and that is, hey, it's getting late. People are hungry. Uh, why don't we just send them away? They can go back home, get something to eat, and then we'll, we'll get on. And uh, Jesus said, no, uh, I got a better idea. Why don't you feed them? Now, think about that a second. You're one of the disciples, and <laughs> you look at thousands of people around, and Jesus asked the impossible. Why don't you feed them? You ever, you ever feel like he's asked you to do the impossible? Man, I don't know about you. Some, some weeks in my work, I'm like, man, this is impossible. Kind of like Moses. Remember what Moses said when God asked him to do the impossible? He said, well, why don't you just send somebody else, right? After a long line of excuses. Uh, I uh, did a free fish fry at that Tawakana church where I served. We decided to invite the community to the church and uh, just have a fish fry free. Uh, You know, church is too much... Uh, these days, the only time a community hears from them is when they're out trying to raise money. Uh, and, and we wonder why people <laughs> look at the church like. Uh, so we were like, you know, why don't we go out and invite them and get to know them and see what the needs are in the community. So that's what we did. We invited the, the whole community. And, man, they showed up. You, know, you throw some free food out on the table, especially a fish fry in a small uh, central Texas town, you're going to get people, trust me. And they were lined up out the door. Well, we got to the back end of the line, and we ran out of fish. There was about 15 people left at the back of the line. And guess who the church nominated to go tell the people that we were out of fish? Yeah, right here. So I go to the back of the line, and I said, We are so glad you have joined us this evening. Uh, we, we have got some great hush puppies. Do you like hush puppies? We have some wonderful hush puppies. Uh, look at the desserts over there on the table. And I pointed over to the desserts. and Homemade beans. And I mean, it's just wonderful. But um, we just ran out of fish. And this lady in the back of the line, I'd never seen her before. She, she sighed. And it wasn't like a good sigh. It was one of those bad sighs. You know the, huh. Kind of one of those, huh. She said, uh, Jesus fed 5,000 with. <laughs> so I walked over and, you know, I was, it was in the summer. I was exhausted, been out frying fish over a fryer all afternoon, setting up tables, you know. So I very calmly walked over and said for all the room to hear, well, if you haven't noticed, I'm not Jesus. I, I didn't say this. I was tempted. I almost said, tell you what, we'll give you your money back. Oh, wait, I forgot. It's free. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was free. Um, the disciples had to be thinking, he's crazy. Look at all these people. And he, we've got five loaves and two fish. He said, well, we'll give them here to me. And they, they hand over the bread and the fish. And, and Jesus took, took the bread. He, blessed it, he broke it, 
and then he gave it back to the disciples. He took, blessed, broke, gave. You know, you hear that language in other areas of Scripture. Uh, remember the Last Supper? Jesus is eating with his disciples. It's the last time they would eat together before he's crucified. And what did he do? He took the bread. He blessed it. He broke it. He gave it. Uh, after his resurrection, he appeared uh, in, in Luke 24. The, the story goes that he appeared to two of his followers who were walking to a village called Emmaus. And they didn't recognize him until they arrived at the village. And they were having uh, supper together. And it was in the breaking of the bread that they recognized him. And guess what he said? The text says that he took, blessed, broke, gave again. So here we have it in this feeding of who knows how many. We had it in the Last Supper. We had it even after his rest. So you see this all the way through. Uh, so maybe this meal isn't just some miraculous story. Maybe it's more. In fact, you know it's more. He gives back to the disciples what they gave to him, which was all they had. And then they began to feed the people. And I don't know how it happened, but they kept feeding and feeding and feeding. You know, uh, a miracle is a miracle because it cannot be explained. So I, I don't get hung up on trying to explain miraculous things that happen. Uh, if we could explain them, they wouldn't be miracles. I mean, it's just a miracle. And all these people are fed, and 12 large baskets are full of leftovers when, when all was said and done. And it's all because they just gave him what they had, and he took it, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it. Um, you ever think of your life maybe in that way? What could Jesus do with your life if you... Gave it to him completely. In fact, sometimes you don't even have to give it. He'll just take it. Trust me. <laughs> what, what, what happens when he takes and blesses and breaks and gives? I'm sure you've seen that in your church. Anybody here experienced that? You know, you, you showed up and you visited here one day and you, you pulled up in the parking lot and you said, well, we'll give it a shot, but they're getting one shot here. We're going to go and they're not friendly, I'm leaving, and if the band's not good, I'm out, and the preacher better have something good to say and say it well. And you know we got little Junior, so the nursery better be good. Well, you show up, and lo and behold, band's good, preacher's good, they're nice, they have good activities, and well, you come back again. And you come back again, and then you go to this, and then you go to that. Next thing you know, you're in the middle of a Bible study, and then you volunteer to do something you never thought you'd ever do, and you, you don't even think you're the one that volunteered. It's almost like God just, just kind of puts you there. And, uh, funny how he does that. He can just take you and bless you and break you and give you. Uh, Tony Campolo's a pastor and professor and told a story about a friend of his who was a Baptist pastor. And uh, they were having lunch one day, and he was telling them about this deacon in his church. Now, deacons in Baptist churches function like, uh, like an administrative council would in a Methodist church. and They also serve the function of pastoral care, helping with those kind of things, visiting people and serving communion, that kind of thing. Well, he had a deacon in this church that wasn't deacon very well. He uh, <laughs> just was inactive, not just kind of 
there. So pastor called him in, said, let's meet, and they began to visit, and he said, just checking in, you doing okay? I just noticed you've been kind of distant and uh, wanted to see if you could help us out. We, we have a youth group here that goes once a month to this nursing home down the street, and, and they participate in helping this worship service, but, but we need someone to drive the van. We don't have anybody right now to drive the van. Would you be willing to drive the van? And uh, the deacon uh, thought about it a second. He said, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Now, he said yes, but in the back of his mind, uh, what he was really thinking was, well, big deal, just driving a van. You think I could, you know, I'm a deacon after all. Couldn't I have something a little more glamorous? And uh, You know what that's like. You, you've said yes to a pastor before about serving on a committee, and you say, yes, I'd love to do that. And then, then you hang up the phone and you say, oh, no, another three years on trustee, <laughs> you know. Uh, right? We've done that. Well, that's exactly the attitude this deacon had. Well, he said yes. So two weeks later, he shows up, gets the keys to the van, and the youth group comes out. They get in the van, drive down the street, walk inside the nursing home facility, enter a room much like this one here, multi-purpose, and uh, the service has already begun, and the deacon sits in the back. And about halfway through the service, uh, an uh, older gentleman in a wheelchair pulls up next to him and uh, just reaches across uh, and grabs the hand of the deacon, and they just hold hands the, the rest of the service. Never seen this guy before. Well, the service ends, and uh, they go back to the church, and they come back the next month. Deacon sits in the same spot. You know, we do that, don't we? Sits in the same spot. Uh, and sure enough, here comes the man in the wheelchair again. And he does the exact same thing. He reaches out his hand, joins hands with the deacon. Service ends. They go back. Comes back the next month. Sits in the same spot. But this time the man in the wheelchair is not there. He begins to wonder where, where could he be? So middle of the service, he just can't help himself anymore. And he goes back to the nurse's station and he asks about uh, where the man might be. And the nurse said, I'm, I'm sorry, he's, he's in the process of dying right now. He's third room on the right down the hall. And you're welcome to go see him if you want to go. Well, he, he'd never been in a situation like that. I mean, what do you do? What do you say? I mean... But he decides to go in the room, and he walks down the hall, walks into the room. No one else is there, just the man. So he walks around the side of the bed. The man's unconscious. So he just decides to have a prayer. So he reaches his hand out, holds his hand, and says a prayer. He doesn't even remember what he said. He just was so nervous and didn't know what to say. But he, he prayed something. And... Uh, the end of the prayer, the uh, man who was dying kind of gave him a little squeeze. And, you know, we, we think sometimes people can't hear, but they, you really can. Uh, and so he was just overcome with emotion. Walks out of the room, and as he walks out of the room, he bumps into this lady that's coming into the room. And uh, turns out it's the daughter of the man who was dying. And she bumped into him, and with this look of joy on her face, uh, she says... To the deacon, I'm so glad you're here. He wanted to hold the hand of Jesus 
one more time before he died. And he thought he was just driving a van. I wonder what Jesus is going to do with you. Let's pray. Lord, take us and bless us. Break us where we need to be broken and then give us. And we know sometimes that is a miracle. When you do it through people like us. And as we prepare to receive the gift of communion, remind us again that we can only give that which we receive. And as we receive grace today, help us to offer grace to others. There's enough people in this world that are judging and condemning. And the world needs more grace. And it's our prayer today that we could be that in our families, in our workplaces, in our communities. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. 